Goshen News Sports Podcast. I'm Goshen News Sports Editor Greg Keim, and with me is sports reporter Austin Huff. Austin, we're back for week number four. They're still letting us do this every week. We even uh, had to change producers temporarily for a week, but we still got the show on the road. Shout out to Rich running the controls back there. Um, Should be a fun show. We had a really busy week in local sports. Saturday primarily was a pretty big day locally and and in the state of Indiana as well, which we will hit on in the next uh, 25 to 30 minutes or so. I told Sheila when she left Sunday night, I don't know how we would be able to get through the podcast without her expertise in sports. Yeah. Giving us knowledge and insight and inspiration. I know, I know. Rich, Rich will have to just you know do some Google searches. I think during the show to <laughs> you know fill in the blanks. So, well, Rich, Rich will enjoy this one topic we're going to talk about. We're going to lead off with Coach Bob Knight making his first appearance at Indiana University Assembly Hall in 20 years. That's crazy. I was five years old the last time he was in Bloomington at Assembly <laughs> Hall. Um, does that make you feel old? Yeah. Okay. Well, that kind of made me feel old when I looked up. That Coach Knight is 79 years old now. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. It is crazy to think about. So I'm going to defer to you to talk a little bit more about this one. I, I, I was watching it live on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I've seen documentaries about him. Obviously, ESPN had a 30 for 30 about him a year or two ago, about the ending at IU and you know, living in the state of Indiana, you have to be pretty oblivious to what Bob Knight did or did, you know, didn't and didn't do or whatever at IU. But uh, to watch that and you felt the emotion coming through the TV a lot just because it was, you couldn't deny the moment. Um, but obviously you have grown up in this state, watched the heyday of IU for the most mm-hmm. part, you know, watched all of Bob Knight's career basically almost at, at IU. So I guess you obviously weren't watching it live, but what are your what were your emotions like when you saw it and everything? I, did, I saw parts of it. I still haven't sat down and watched the whole thing. And and one of the reasons I want to sit down and watch it is because John Ritter, 1969 Goshen High School graduate who played for night at IU, was among the players that were there Saturday and introduced. Mm-hmm. Right, because they, they were honoring the 1980 the, Big Ten champion. Big Ten team. Yeah. yeah. So it was a 40th anniversary of that. And... You know, the rumors have been going all day Friday that Bob Knight was going to be there. Obviously, Knight moved back to Bloomington last mm-hmm. year. Um, he went to a baseball game, I think. Went to an Indiana State practice down in, uh, where is Indiana State? I don't know why I'm blanking. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. I almost said French Lick. I knew that was wrong. No, <laughs> that's, that's where, where Larry, Larry Bird, Bird is from. Who went to Indiana State. Man. I apologize for the uh, people I have offended with that comment. Um, but, yeah, I... So he'd made a couple different appearances at various events, but to see him actually at Assembly Hall was uh, surreal, I guess. Yeah. The timing, I don't know, is is kind of odd to some people, too, why he came back for this team, the 1989 Big Ten championship team. When he turned down previous invites for the national championship reunions for teams, he even turned down his own introduction into the IU Athletic Hall of Fame in 2009, he wouldn't go back to the school for that. That's crazy. So you know, it's nice to see the hatchet being buried a little bit, right? And it was, you know, it's a weird thing because it's not like IU was mad at Bob Knight. It was Bob Knight was mad at IU for how it ended. Yeah, you know, they were upset that he he was upset that he got fired from his job. Um, whether you agree or not with how that all went down, um, you know, that's a discussion for another day, but. Um, for Bob Knight to finally kind of 
I don't know, find it in his his cold heart, right? He's always the angry guy, right? To find it in his heart to maybe uh, bury the hatchet was pretty cool. I know, um, like I said, like the way it ended there, I'm sure was divisive, controversial, uh, you know, but to see it, to for him to finally kind of in his mind, you know, okay, let's move on. Like it's time to move on. I think that was pretty cool. I don't know if it necessarily mattered what year, like what team it was. Like I know, right. You said mentioned the hall of fame and, mm. and you know, like, but why didn't he come back for like any celebration of 1976, you know, something like that. I just think yeah. this just happened to be the right time. And they just happened to be honoring 1980. I don't know if it was this specific team that got him out, but I think he's just real. I think he's realized, you know, he's 79 years old. Like you said, yeah. like, Maybe it's just time to move on and time to, you know, bury the hatchet. So there had been speculation. People were thinking that if he was going to come back, it might be when they played Ohio State, which is where he graduated from. Mm-hmm. Also, I think I read that instead of coming to that game, he went and watched Indiana Wesleyan <laughs> men's team play, mm-hmm. who where Steve Downing, one of his former players, is the athletic director there at Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah. Yeah. So he went to that game instead of coming back to IU. Yeah, and again, he went so. to an IU baseball game in this last year, yeah. like in May. So he's like been in Bloomington. He's been around the university for the last, you know, 10 months or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it was always like, will he actually show up at a basketball game? And so for him to actually walk out onto the court on Saturday, like I said, I was watching it. I'm not an IU grad. I'm not an IU fan necessarily. Like, I live in the state. And I watch them, and I watch Purdue from time to time as well in Notre Dame, just casually. I let Mizzou, I let Mizzou break my heart more than IU and the others. Um, but I, and even, I apologize to our listeners for that yes, remark. Yeah, yeah, Missouri is whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but it's it's nice to right. see you know the coming back together. I mean, after all, you're talking about a coach that won a school record 662 games at IU. Mm-hmm. 11 Big Ten titles, made right. five Final Four appearances, and won three national championship teams. Right, right. He is important to IU as, like, Mike Krzyzewski is to Duke yeah. in that regard. So this would be like Mike Krzyzewski coming back to Duke after a, a prolonged absence, Yeah, you know. And so I, for me, it was knowing the history, knowing being a sports fan, like, I understood the moment. I thought it was pretty cool. And that Mark Cuban and was there as well. Like, he's an IU grad. He was mm-hmm. courtside for it. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, oh, and one other courtside guest was there, Gene Cady, Gene the former Cady Purdue was. coach. Yes, he was. And he was uh, clapping for the majority of the game as Purdue beat IU pretty, yeah. pretty comfortably for the most part. Um, but, yeah, um, that was pretty cool. That was a cool moment I, yeah. just to watch it, just to see it. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm not an IU person, but I know the history, and I thought it was kind of cool to see it. So, yeah. yeah. Moving on to some local sports items here, the uh, the Northridge wrestling team is getting used to celebrating with championship trophies here. Now, three weeks in a row, they've hoisted trophies. They won the North Lakes Conference title, then they won the sectional, and last Saturday they won the regional, and are sending ten wrestlers to the semi-state this week down in Fort Wayne at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. That's uh, pretty impressive, I would say. It is. F- 10 out of 15, because they had 15 wrestlers qualify. They had everyone wrestling at a regional in the, every weight class. Yeah. So to qualify 66% of your team, uh, is that the right math? 60% of your team, 10 out of 15? I don't yeah. know. I'm not a math major. Uh, you know, Don't quote me on my math. But uh, to be able to send 
double-digit kids to a semi-state. you got to be feeling really good if you're Northridge right now. they got a chance to get a couple more kids down to state oh, yeah. and maybe do place well at state. So I think that's uh, that's pretty cool. You know? Well, they got four kids that are going into the semi-state with an advantage because they won regional championships. Mm-hmm. They had Logan Hooley win at 138 pounds. Mm-hmm. Oliver, Oliver Eveler at 152. And then Abraham Coucher. Mm-hmm. Is it 155 he won? 195. 195. 195. And then his, his brother Omar Coucher won at 220 pounds. Yeah, they're all pretty good. I mean, they, they got, like I said, 10 weight classes sent. And winning it obviously helps them with that draw so i think it's going to be yeah i think they have a uh, they're advantage they're in an advantageous position is that the right yeah. word we're going to go I with that believe mm-hmm. as re- regional champion going in you're wrestling a fourth place wrestler out of some other right. regional and i believe do they so. does uh, semi-state work where it takes four from each weight class to state or do you I, have to take top two i think they take think the top, top four, four so really if you win your first match you're guaranteed to go to state yeah for you know Bar, you know, I don't think you can. At that point, you're you're going. So, like, to, to draw another, to draw an inferior opponent. You know, there's still a semi-state wrestler. It's still a good wrestler. It's still, yeah. But to draw a, you know, a potentially easier opponent in the first round and help you get to state uh, is a, is a huge advantage. So, and we got we had a couple more local kids from that regional uh, win on Saturday over at Goshen. Yeah. Uh, the two Northwood kids, kids, Jake and Caden Lone brothers, Jake at 182, Caden at 145, both won. I was pretty surprised Northwood finished second overall in the regional. It mm-hmm. um, was a strong performance by the Panthers. They've, they finished, I believe third in the NLC a couple weeks ago at the meet. And then, you know, second at a regional, which is pretty impressive. Pretty so impressive. Yeah, yeah. And they got, they got seven kids going, uh, two champions there. The Lone Brothers both might go to state, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then two Goshen kids also won as well. Right. Goshen has a total of three wrestlers going on to mm-hmm. the semi-state this week. You got regional champions Rashik Bonds at 132 pounds, and then Jose Rosales at 285 pounds. Right. Right. And then you also have uh, Caleb Kilmer at 220 pounds, and He's kind of an interesting situation because he wrestled most of the season at 195, mm-hmm. and it was only late in the year that Coach Jim Pickard moved him up to 225. Well, he's still doing pretty well, yeah. even at 225. I think he's, so. he's a light 220 <laughs> wrestler, Yeah, but right. he's doing well in yeah. his weight class. And you know he's one win away. He pulls an upset on Saturday. He's going to state, so yeah. you know it's good for him. Uh, cool stuff with that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. we got a lot of wrestlers going there. And uh, we'll have a more in-depth wrestling talk next week right. as our resident uh, correspondent wrestling connoisseur, Steve Craw, will be joining us, hopefully, in yeah. studio to talk about wrestling. I know we tried to get him on this week, but it had a scheduling conflict. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can get Steve in here next week. He will be in Fort Wayne, I believe, right. on he will Saturday. Be in Fort Wayne covering this, the semi-state for He's us. He's going to get up bright and early for us, drive yeah. all the way to Fort Wayne and cover some wrestling. I'm very excited about that. So... Uh, should be good. Now, you mentioned uh, Kilmer as a late kind of season adjustment. Mm-hmm. We had about as late of a late season adjustment as possible in the girls swimming on Saturday that you attended with, specifically yes. about Elsa Fretz from uh, Northridge. You want to talk a little bit about yeah. that? She is. Uh, she won the, uh, I believe, 50 free last year at State. Mm-hmm. And she was like runner-up, I believe, in the 100 free. And between her and her coach, Kyle Hembry, this year they were looking at 
times and returners and everything. They made the decision to switch her out of, pull her out of the 100 free and plug her into the 100 butterfly. That's crazy. It's just, you know, two drastically different strokes. But mm-hmm. as I told Kyle and as I told Elsa after the sectional Saturday, I think he could put her in about any event <laughs> in the pool as long as there's water in the pool and right. she would excel in it. <laughs> because she went out and swam a 55-48 to win the 100 butterfly. And basically, Kyle said she had not swum the distance all year, the event all year. The last time she swam it was in at the age group state champions ships last year and he said she went 54-2 it's incredible it's really incredible to uh you know to have someone that talented right like she's a state runner-up in this event this 100 free like she could win it potentially this year and to have the guts to be like for the coach and the swimmer to both be like hey like let's try this the coach being able to say coach coming up there saying hey let's try the one or butterfly and for her to be like willing to make the adjustment for the team right. I think is pretty pretty remarkable it says a lot about her as a person and, a, and as a competitor just to be able yeah. to do an event you haven't done in over a year and win it win like win. like bam like yeah. not even like oh finish second or third but qualified for state no she won right like that's that's unbelievable and her time going into Saturday and Friday night's prelims her fifty-five forty-eight is ranked fifth in the state in butterfly. In butterfly, yeah. So she might place so, again. She might place in state again. She was one of the four girls that Kyle told me that hadn't even started their taper yet for state. I mean, they won their third straight sectional last Saturday with four swimmers that were not fully tapered. Mm-hmm. And by tapering, I mean they're not. They haven't started down down. Uh, downsizing their training and starting backing off and getting a little more rest. Mm-hmm. That's one thing is in swimming, you do that. You taper, mm-hmm. and then you get stronger because yeah. you're not using your muscles as much. Right. So they're not even they're not even yeah. peaking. So they got four swimmers that yeah. could potentially swim a lot faster Saturday, yeah. Friday and Saturday at the state finals. That's crazy. That, that's really impressive. And I think it just says a lot about where that program is at right now oh, it does i mean and like you know we've talked about it a couple weeks ago and i asked you about do you think northridge could make sec play second at state and you said yes and i think after this weekend i don't think there's any question they could play second at state i think they had a legit yeah. chance to to do that and you're going to be there obviously on saturday yep. to see it um so yeah i mean other than that other than fred's changing any uh, her event what did anything else took out to you from saturday any of the other teams that we had there, I know Concord was second, Wallace C third in the standings. Yeah. Um, did anyone else pop at you? That you know, one of the things that stood out to me is uh, the young, the youth in some of these teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, Concord had a girl, Ella Lance, win mm-hmm. an event. She's only a freshman. Mm-hmm. Alexis Mishler from Wallace C won the backstroke, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. She's only a freshman. She's a talented athlete, though. I did a story last summer about her and her sister because they're national championship water skiers. Yes, and Missler did win the hundred backstroke just to confirm yeah. your your yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, what a yeah, that's crazy. World, skiers, water skiers, water skiers. Yes. Oh my God. Who would have thought? In this area, there is actually a lake 
that was designed to set up for water skiing. Is, is that water like, courses? Is lake, is lake and the missers live live on the lake. Is that is that, is that Lake Wallasee down there? No, or? no, it's a smaller <laughs> lake. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know my lakes too well. Yeah. I haven't been uh, examining yeah. uh, my lakes. I apologize for the lake people and listening to the podcast as well. And um, uh, Northridge is not without their own talented youth because freshman uh, Sydney Nethercut for them. Mm-hmm. Won two events Saturday, mm-hmm. and she's also on two state qualifying relays. Mm-hmm. So she's going to, to state in four events as a freshman. Yeah, she won the two hundred free and also the five hundred free Saturday. That's, that's what's like just like crazy scary about that. It's just like Northridge is really good, and like Fretz is still a junior. Now they're cuts a freshman. Like yeah. they're gonna all come back next year. They're gonna lose a couple seniors, right? But, but most of them are coming back next year, yeah. and they're gonna probably you know, dominate again, which is like crazy to think about. So they're a really good team, obviously. And the uh, other thing that was impressive about them Saturday is they went one, two, four in the diving competition. Right. That usually you don't like some schools that are usually good at swimming, maybe don't do as well in diving, you know, but they are the exception to that. Obviously if they go one, two, four at a sectional. Right. So, and then they have regional diving, it's um, actually tonight at Penn. Yeah, so Tuesday and tonight at Penn. Yeah, and um, they'll find out who goes on to state out of that. That's Yeah, so it should be interesting. One of the reasons they do have a good diving program over there is they've got a very good diving coach in Bob Burns. He's been mm-hmm. there for a number of years. Mm-hmm. He coached uh, Sarah Troyer to the state championship two years ago for mm-hmm. Northridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, their one diver, Caitlin Simons, Saturday, had a 70-point dive during her performances. Is that good? That is good. <laughs> that's really good. That is good. Wow. That's impressive. Like, yeah. As, so. as the coach described it, he said that that's a big girl dive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a big girl dive. So uh, it should be interesting to see how they do on Saturday. I'm should really, be. I really hope, I don't know if it's the right word, but like, I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can get second. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, we've talked about Carmel before, so they're going to win. But like, Carmel won every event in their sectional, by the way. I don't know if yes. you saw that. So, yeah. um, and, the, yeah. and the scary thing about that is Kyle said Carmel's probably not as strong this year as they've been in past years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's like when the, it's like the Hulk not being at 100% angry, like 85% angry. Right. He's still pretty strong. Like he's yeah. still going to hurt some people like Hulk smash and whatnot. But one, yeah. of, one of the things I asked Kyle and Elsa Fretz Saturday is how do you approach the state meet? Going in knowing you're shooting for second place. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a competitive athlete, you're taught to you know to go right. for the gold to right. win. Right. But you're basically saying, we don't have a shot at first place. We're just going to go in for second. We're going to fight for second place. Mm-hmm. And ne- both of them said, doesn't matter to them. Wow. Well, you know. I'm sure, like for Elsa in her in her case, like you know, obviously she has individual state championship history. So she, you know, winning it last year in the. Right. In the free. So, like, you know, she can at least focus on, like, I want to win my individual events. But, like, you mentioned with Kyle, and like, as a team, like, that is an interesting mentality of, like, hey, we know we're not going to win. Mm-hmm. We have to go in thinking second place, which is what you're not trying to do, like you said. Right. So, um, I feel like that's a good question to ask him and good stuff. So, yeah. it's, like, almost as if, like, you've been doing this for, like, 26 years almost. Yeah, almost. Like, you yeah. got some experience there, yes. Greg. So... And uh, so one last thing we wanted to kind of hit on here before we kind of get out for this week was uh, girls basketball sectional action this right. past week. 
Um, wasn't surprised by how 4A, the 4A sectional that you covered played out, but Warsaw almost beat Penn on Saturday night, which was crazy. I could not believe that score when I saw mm-hmm. that. I was... That would have been a great, great win for uh, former Goshen coach and former yeah. Fairfield High School basketball player Lenny Krebs. Done. Yeah, I like Lenny too. I've talked to him a couple yeah. times, uh, coaching at Warsaw. Now he's a really good guy. It would have been amazing for them to win that game, and uh, because when I saw Penn play their two games that week, I saw them beat Northridge handily, and I saw them beat Goshen by forty points Friday night. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, you know, they're unstoppable. Goshen gave them a game for. A quarter and a half. For a half, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were they were down uh, nineteen to eleven at halftime, so they weren't out yeah, of it. Just a, but the problem <laughs> was it was uh, I think it was like forty. What was it? Forty nine to fifteen or something mm-hmm. like that after something, three quarters. Right. It was, right. It was it was over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, I know we had over at 2A uh, down at Fairfield. Fairfield gave Bremen all they could handle in the semifinal game, but Bremen ended up knocking out Fairfield, and then Bremen took care of Westview on Saturday night pretty easily. Yeah. Wasn't necessarily surprised by that. Um, Westview losing Gloria Miller didn't really help them. Yeah, I mean, she's their best player and on an already te- and a team that's already not as good. And, you know, uh, you know, kudos to Bremen. It's their first sectional in 16 years. So congrats to them, yeah. and um, but and I, and then also earlier in the week, Bethany Christian lost to Blackhawk Christian. Bethany gave them a game. They did. I ran into ran into coach after the um, actually at the library of all places uh, uh, the next day, and she just talked about how like they shot twenty Blackhawk shot twenty one free throws, and Bethany only shot one. You know, and that hmm. that's going to make a difference in the game. Yeah, that will make so, a difference. Yes. So. Uh, Tough, tough way for Bethany to end, but they gave him a game, gave Blackhawk a game, which was, I think, more than most people thought. But um, the sectional we sh- I want to focus on, obviously, is the one in 3A over at Lakeland, where Northwood won the sectional championship. They're 25th in program history. Mm-hmm. They're first, though, under Adam Yoder, head coach, who has been there for six seasons now. And uh, he was pretty emotional. You could tell it, it, it meant a lot to him on Saturday night. His comment that after the game was actually pretty funny about like to to get over the hump. Yeah, let's be real, it's pretty cool. Like yeah. he had, it was really cool. Like uh, so, and he's a good guy. Like obviously, you know, inherited a really strong program historically, but they've just never been mm-hmm. able to get over that hump of the sectional title game. Yeah. And he made a good point too. You know, one year Tippy Canoe Valley went to a state championship game in their from their sectional. Fairfield was in their sectional when they went to the semi-state, right? Like they ran into like they ran into some really good teams. So it wasn't as much Northwood being bad as it was other teams being really good in their yeah. sectional as well. Um, so for them to get over the hump, I thought was uh, a pretty, you know, you could tell it meant a lot to them. Yeah. And that kind of shows too how the game, the girls' game, has developed mm-hmm. at all le- levels, different schools, because it used to be pretty much. You know, when I was covering bas- girls basketball most of the time, I could pretty much guarantee myself make a trip with Northwood girls at least to semi-state mm-hmm. every year. Right, right. And, and then, you know, that's just not now. the case anymore. Right, right. and uh, you could tell in their eyes. I, I thought another good quote after the game, Maddie Payne, she was fantastic on Saturday night, 22 points, 7 rebounds, had 11 points in the first quarter. 
Um, she's on an incredible role right now. Mm-hmm. Volleyball went to regional final. Basketball. I'm like, at this rate, Maddie, you're probably never going to lose it uh, ever again. I think. And she's like, well, yeah, yeah. So, um, I loved her. I loved her quote though about. And she said uh, before the game that she wanted to be lethal. We haven't been lethal in a while. Yeah. It's something her assistant coaches say, and she felt like she got the team together. And she's like, dude, I don't think we've been lethal like in a while. Like we got to be lethal tonight. And she came out, scored 11 points in the first quarter. Uh, kudos to Lakeland. They they could have easily folded, but they hung in there. It was 24-20 midway through the third quarter. Lakeland was coming back. Mm-hmm. They went down, I think, like 11 or 12 at half, but they were able to get it to four. And it felt like, okay, maybe Lakeland is going to make a run here. They could beat them. You know, they shoot the ball really well, Lakeland does. So, you know, if the shots start falling, right, it's here we go. But Northwood just took it to them after that. I mean, they won yeah. 56-20-34, so – you know, at once after it was 24-20, Northwood won 32-14. to So that was a pretty convincing run there yeah. to end the game. And, uh, yeah, they're impressive. You know, 24-3, and they were ranked number seven in the 3A poll at the end of the season. Right. Now they get to play Mishawaka Marion on Saturday, a team they lost to 53-45 to back on January 21st. So it's a rematch in the regional semifinal. Um, on the other half of the bracket is Knox, who is 24 and one, but not ranked, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. They were not ranked as a 24 and one team, and they're playing Lighthouse Career Prep Academy. Yes. So um, the two ranked teams. I saw are, that on the website the other day. I saw Lighthouse CPA, and I thought, what are they playing an accounting firm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's who they. Got. Yeah, you know what? They maybe it is. I don't know. We, if a bunch of like washed up 35 year old dudes walk onto the court, you know, we'll we'll know for sure that, right? <laughs> Uh, but so Marion and Northwood play the early game 10 a.m. over at Jimtown, uh, which has got to be nice. I mean, that's a really like location wise, that's great. Oh, that's one of the shorter regional trips we've had in a long time, forever, maybe. Them and, and it's a quick trip for Marion as well, and a relatively quick trip for Knox is too, I believe, like not terribly long yeah. to Elkhart from Gary's probably got uh, Gary, I'm sure, mm-hmm. has the longest trip. Yeah, it's probably the longest trip, but uh. You know, I'm intrigued by by that rematch. You know, obviously the first game, Arian won, uh, but it was only an eight-point game, so you got to think it was close for the most part, back and forth. Um, usually in those types of Greek games where it's a close game and the team's rematch, usually the team that lost will, has like a better, almost has the upper hand in the sense that they know how to like counter what Marion did to them. Yeah. I'm sure they're watching that game tape over and over this week to try to figure oh, out sure they what, they're, what they'd have to do to beat them. And uh, in theory, in theory, if Northwood gets past Marion, it sets up to them for to potentially win the regional championship. In theory, right? It's all about right. theory. But um, you know, I, I'm I. It would be a uh, you know Northwood is they're a good team, obviously. Like we we've, we've mentioned that. So mm-hmm. uh, I it would be it cool. Is. It would be cool to see them win. I guess you know yeah. just to have a yeah. I haven't looked at far enough ahead yet. Is Plymouth one of the semi-state sites? Um, I believe. I believe it is no, it's um, it, I feel like it's Logansport or uh, one other thing. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm gonna look it up. I gotta pull Logansport? it up. Logansport, Laporte or Logansport are the semi-state locations. Ah, okay. Laporte or Logansport. I said that right, right? It's kind of it's kind of odd that they've got two both on the kind of western side of the state there. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, it, but. Could make for some long geographical drives for some of those people. Yeah, especially the teams that are coming from like Fort Wayne yeah. or things like that. I know that one 4A sectional has 
three of the top or one one of the regionals has three of the top four teams in four A playing in it, and uh, they're all from like the Fort Wayne area. So that would be a tough mm-hmm. drive coming from going from Fort Wayne to Laporte or Fort Wayne to Logansport. So, yeah. um, but hey. You know, you want to win a state championship, right? Like you gotta, you'll you'll get on the bus and go anywhere, right? right. So you gotta you gotta go where the games are played, right? So the port must be doing something. They must be making a push for tourneys because I think they host the boys for a regional this year. I I believe they might. Them or Michigan City, I think host it. Yeah, I think it's Laporte this year. Yeah, I know Michigan City had it last year, I yeah. believe. So and uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll yeah, it's interesting. It's it, it is so. We'll see, obviously. We have to get through – Northwood has to get through Saturday before they think about making a well, bus yeah, trip to Laporte or Logansport. That's true. So, seeing those back-to-back, by the way, is a lot of fun. Laporte and Logansport. It's pretty much almost the same word. But, and yeah. They, and their nicknames go together, too. Slicers and berries. There you go. <laughs> right. Right. You're slicing up them berries. It's all I'm saying. slice the berries so, before you can eat them. Yeah. So, I, I'll be out there. I'll be with Northwood on Saturday. And you'll be down at swimming on I'll Saturday. I'll be following Northridge swimming. And, and Steve, Steve will be at wrestling. Yeah. I, you know, a busy day for the Goshen News Sports Department. Yes, it was. This is my, uh, this is like my favorite time of the year because like there's not as much going on Monday through Friday. And then Saturday, it's like all hell breaks loose. And yeah. it's like, let's just cover up. Let's just do everything on Saturday, guys. Like, okay, sure. Don't give me any time to breathe on Saturday. I'm just going to be checking Twitter every five minutes for updates and results yeah. and uh, but it's a fun day. Saturday's a fun day, especially if you get a team that wins early. Uh, like if Northwood wins the first game on Saturday, and then you get to figure out how to kill six hours before you go cover another game. Well, yeah, but they're close enough to Jimtown. They I can know. go home. I know, I know. Well, right. You yeah. don't have to worry about renting a motel room or anything right. like that. I might, I might get to go home and like take a nap or something. Yeah. So, And one, be, of, the, one yeah. of the things to tell the Northwood fans, too, in case they're worried about it, the the boys game has had been scheduled for Saturday night with South Bend St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. They moved that to Saturday afternoon with a two o'clock JV tip off, mm-hmm. so they can squeeze that in between the girls' fr- semifinal mm-hmm. game and the possible championship game Saturday mm-hmm. night if the Northwood girls good. make it, if the yeah. Black Swish get to the championship. <laughs> That's a good move. That's a smart move. Yeah, I mean. You know, why would you want to have the boys game trying to conflict with the girls? And kudos to South Bend uh, Adams. They're playing at St. Joe. Joe. St. Joe, my bad. South Bend St. Joe. Kudos to St. Joe for, like, also being like, yeah, that would be, we're fine with that. Well, I'm sure they've been in that position before, too. Right, Because they've had some pretty good girls teams over the years. Right. So, it's just cool to, like, you know, hey, let the, you know, and also it lets the boys go support the girls, if you know, and vice versa. The girls could kill a couple hours to go watch the boys game, you know. There you go. Um, so yeah, it should be a fun weekend. Really looking forward to Saturday. Um, looking forward to seeing how Northridge does at state and swimming. How many wrestlers Northridge gets at Fort Wayne? Coming out of Fort Wayne, going to state. Yeah. It could be a all Raider Saturday. It could be a lot of green could and yellow be. and black uh, going on in this in this state on Saturday. So it should be interesting. Should be so. Okay, folks, I think that will wrap up another version of the Goshen News Sports Podcast, and we will see you next week. Thank you.